Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by your good friends, Siobhan Coombs. Hello. And me, Andrew Levins. Every week we record from King's Comics in Sydney, out the back in the office. But you know what? You can visit the main part of the store where they sell all the comics that we're about to talk about. Please don't come into the office. Why not? Because Jim's never wearing any pants. All right. Good good <laughs> warning. Heed our warning, folks. <laughs> never come out the back. Um, so, uh, what we do every single week on Serious Issues is read all of last week's books, let you know which were the good ones, which were the bad ones, which were the okay ones. Sorry, the fine ones. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, official ranking system. That's right. What is it? Good, ba- good, fine, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just, I, I mean, if, if you had your way, it'd just be fine, fine, fine. It's, and it's just the different <laughs> inflections yeah. of how you say fine There's and people of- li- li- like get read into it. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> Um, so uh, we kick off every episode by reviewing all of last week's uh, new number ones in a little segment that we call First Things First and as usual which published to put out the most number ones Marvel actually I think it was Dynamite but whatever just because yeah. of, got, th- these just are say the, Marvel let's say Marvel uh, so we've got uh, some, all of these n- none of these were that great to be honest <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to talk about them first anyway yep um, and there are some books that we did really love coming up in this stack there was a massive stack of ones this week yeah. but um, I just thought given that it's out in cinemas at the moment and I'm, I'm pretty much certain that only one of us has seen it absolutely I finally <laughs> seen Wonder Woman you saw, oh, what did you think yeah I thought it was pretty good oh great yeah it was nice awesome it was fine yeah it was fine <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it I wouldn't wanted like I pretty much just wanted a whole movie of the Amazons and Steve Trevor was. See, I didn't like the Amazon stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I thought it was like watching a telly movie. I liked that. <laughs> and like, it felt like all the all the other Amazons that weren't Wonder Woman were just doing an, a bad Gal Gadot impression with their with their accents. Yeah, look, Robin Robin Penn Wright. Is she just Robin Wright again? Anyway, whatever. Her accent wasn't amazing, but she looked so tough and cool. I think that was mostly what I was into. Robin Wright's accent rubbed me the wrong wrong way. Good. Yeah, we just, we just <laughs> lost all our listeners. Anyway, uh, Spider Man Homecoming is out in cinemas right now, and like uh, I've really, really loved it. I think it's immediate for me. Top mm. three Marvel movies oh, I've wow. seen. Um, but uh, you know me, I like to say extreme yeah. things immediately Best after reaction. Movie? I mean, that's easily. That's <laughs> it. goes without saying. I mean, I look. I, I, I'm, I'm like Spider-Man everyone. I love Spider Man too. I think this is just because it nails everything I like about the character of Spider Man in mm. a way that a movie has never done before. Whereas Spider Man Two is just a good movie with a pretty shitty version of spider-man in it yeah tobes tobes is you know he's done better things than spidey 
has he? Um, I don't know. I kind of, I, I, as I said that, I was like, what else is he? Yeah, he's not Sea Biscuit. <laughs> Massive fan of the uh, of, of Sea Biscuit. We're big Sea Biscuit heads over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I think you would enjoy it, actually. Yeah, I do want to see it. I because it leans it. much more on like the teen movie tropes. Yeah. Michael Keaton's fantastic. I love Michael Keaton. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, we, we got a, a comic, um, a number one that Marvel occasionally get the synergy right and release a number one that kind of is more in line to the cinema versions mm-hmm. of uh, their heroes. And so this week we got Spider-Man Master Plan number one, uh, which is like a one-shot written by Robbie Thompson with art by Nathan Stockman. Um, and this is like basically like a new like a new story featuring uh, young high school student Peter Parker mm-hmm. um, and taking on the crime master. Uh, if you have missed this iteration of uh, of Spider Man, or, or you you know especially that was the biggest thing seeing seeing the movie mm. and and seeing how incredible this iteration of Spider Man is on on the screen. It just made me realize like. They need to work out a way to make this happen again in the comics. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I, I get that, like, you know, heroes need to grow with, with readers too. But also, like, you know, DC Rebirth, you know, showed us that sometimes it's good to go back to the classic versions of these beloved characters. And I think no character needs that more than Spider-Man. And they even had, like, a clean opportunity to do that. Just make Miles Morales Spider-Man yeah. and make Peter Parker, like, a, you know, mentor role yeah. or something like that. But they've made it, it, it bring him over has made it more convoluted. So Absolutely whatever. Absolutely agreed. We get this weird one shot Spider Man master plan that uh, is cute and sweet and mm-hmm. completely pointless. Totally. I liked it. It was like a classic, like, oh, Peter's always late for stuff. Oh, being Spider Man is hard. That was cute. And there was a really nice um, little backup, which they just reprinted a really, really classic Stanley. Um, and uh, Steve Ditko. Ditko. Yep. Um, uh, story about the Vulture, which yeah, was dual, really good fun to read. Duel to the Death with the Vulture from 1963. Yep. Really great. And the second issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I love I love like really dickish Peter. <laughs> who's like, yeah, I'm just going to make a bunch of money. Fuck you. <laughs> so if you've got 10 bucks um, and you want to spend it on a teenage version of Spider-Man, go see the movie. And if you still have some change left over, maybe you tell her a cheapo, cheapo session, mm-hmm. buy this comic, Spider-Man Master Plan, because it's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's cute. Um, we also got from Marvel um, the uh, most recent Deadpool Kills Everybody book. Um, this time he is killing the Marvel Universe again in Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe again. I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> Can I not read this anymore? Siobhan hates a Deadpool <laughs> book again, number one. Uh, this is written by Cullen Bunn um, and uh, pencils by Dalibor Telagic with uh, inks by Goran Sodzuka, who's been doing great work over at uh, Daredevil recently. Um, and I like this the is, art. yeah, look, the art's great. And like, you know. We're reviewing another Cullen Bunn book later on, but like you know, he, this is absolutely what you would expect from this kind of book. Yeah. You're either on board with it just from the title alone, and you won't be disappointed, or you are like, oh, I don't really need to see a Deadpool like making jokes and killing everybody, no matter yeah. what his motivations are. I like that that um, Mojo is it Mojo's behind it? Or, or no, it's uh, what's his name? Death, what's his name? It's Red Skull. Red Skull's behind it. Oh shit! Who does he kill? I, I'm getting a views of the stuff. Kill Mojo yeah, Mur- you know, I thought Murdoch was. I thought that like some of the bits where it's sort of like a, you know, we're inside Deadpool's head and we're seeing like, seeing what he's seeing and it's a different cartooning style was pretty good fun. Yes, definitely. Like you but, said, the art's great in this. Um, yeah, I just don't need this. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> it is good just to kind of be reminded of all the characters in the Marvel universe. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> if you need a primer of who, who's who. They're all in this book and they're eventually going to be die. killed. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, but if, if, if you uh, if your body craved yet another 
Uh, Deadpool killing all of the Marvel heroes book. Here it is for you. Nice. Number one. Uh, finally, and uh, if you thought we were like vague to insulting towards the Marvel books we've talked about so far, you didn't even I read didn't this even one. I didn't even read you, this. You know better. You've, I don't know why I keep giving these a shot. <laughs> it's an official policy in my life that I do not read any Marvel um, movie prequel books. So it's official policy in my life that I read every book that has number <laughs> one on it. <laughs> um, and uh, this week I read Thor Ragnarok Prelude number one by Corona Pilgrim with um, art by J.L. Giles and J. David Ramos. Um, sorry, Will Corona Pilgrim is who did the uh, thing. But anyway, um, get, so anyway, it's a, pre- it's a prelude to Thor Ragnarok. It's part one of four. What do you think this book which, you know, occasionally these prelude books, they just kind of sum up other things that have happened in the Marvel movies that are be relevant to the mm-hmm. movies. So it's a Thor prelude. What do you think this book is going to be about? Well, judging by the cover, I think it's going to be about the Hulk. So this is the, the, the first half of the Incredible Hulk movie. So that just, awesome. <laughs> th- that's, that's all this Which is. Which one's that one? That, is that the... Um, Edward Norton Hulk Edward movie. Norton, my way. Yeah. The only thing I remember about that entire movie is the bit where he and Liv Tyler are making out and then he's like, no, we can't have sex because I'll Hulk out. <laughs> it's the only bit I remember of the whole movie. I didn't get far enough into the comic to see if that beautiful film scene was that, made, made it to is comics. That in it? <laughs> but I, I just don't understand why these exist. No, uh, like it is literally just to try and cash take in people's money. Yeah, I know. It should be like you should open it up. It's like Thor, Thor Ragnarok prelude. You open it up and it's a download code yeah. for the Hulk movie. <laughs> Do that instead. It's way better. Anyway, I won't be reading two. It's a good call. Yeah, two, three, or four of that. Although I'm, I'm, I might. Open up the cover and see which other movies they're going to summarize. Like, are, they, are we going to get like a summary of the next, the next, like the rest of the Hulk movie, and then both Thor movies? I don't understand. Yeah, maybe I don't actually remember really what happened in the second Thor movie. I know Dark World. Yeah, like I know Malekith really well. was in it. Loki's good. Yeah, Loki seems. It's all about Loki. Again. Everyone hates that movie, but I think Loki's performance is strong enough to kind of make it a movie that I really enjoyed. You're a, you're a Hiddleston. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Hiddleston. Hiddleston. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, it's an image right now, and they put out one number one, but oh boy, it was a big number one. This yeah. is a 64 page uh, number one called Sacred Creatures, and it's been uh, written by Pablo Raimondi and Klaus Janssen with art by uh, Pablo Raimondi. Um, it was by Chris Chuckery. Yeah, and Klaus Janssen, I guess best known as an Inca. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Sue. Is he Frank Miller's Inca? Is he? No. I don't know. Is he just. Uh, I don't know him. And Jim will know, the uh, always pantless Jim. Cla- Klaus Jansen. <laughs> Jim, I said you were never wearing pants before when you were out of the room. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he was out, out, out of the room taking off his pants. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's, what do we know Klaus Jansen from? Oh, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Returns. Cool. All right, cool. I nailed it. Yeah, good job. I did good. I didn't even need Jim. I just need. Jim's pants. I, that's, that's why he doesn't wear them, because I wear them. I wear two <laughs> pairs of pants every time we record serious issues. <laughs> 50 comics, two pairs of pants. That's Eleven's way. <laughs> uh, so Sacred Creatures is uh, a, a, a big, long, uh, convoluted story that jumps from time frame to time frame. At one point, uh, the main character has a flashback to something that we haven't seen happen yet, mm. which I thought was baffling. Mm. Like, he has a flashback to something that we see happen like Later? two more pages yeah. after that, I thought was well, that was shitty writing. But uh, uh, the I hate describing comics like this because okay, what is it? We, we've got this guy who is um, his his partner is pregnant. Yeah. Um. His his partner's mother hates him because he's a bit of a no lifer. But guess what? He's got a job um, interview at a museum. He can't believe he's got it. All he needs to do is just nail this interview and he's set. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he has a bad day and his bike gets stolen and then he gets touched by. This old lady who yeah. like makes him sleep for like 
five days straight, and he mm-hmm. misses his interview, or and, and he's just just terrible. And um, he he's sketchy that. and all over the place, and yeah. And then so this old lady is p- a part of like this kind of like shadowy supernatural crime family. Yeah. Um, and basically, what Immortal. they're doing is they're like uh, setting up this guy to have the worst week ever, so that he can kill someone a, for kill, them. Yeah. And, I think, yeah. and it looks like that person. Spoilers, guys! But on the last page, the person he killed was an angel. So yeah. it's got like religious overtones, and I think we're going to discover that all these characters are like if, Lucifer and Cain and Abel and. Blah, 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 blah. Look, if you um, if you specifically wanted to read a comic this week that had an angel's pubes in it, Sacred Creatures number one. <laughs> Who knew angels had pubes, guys? <laughs> um, also, if you want to see a character that is like, there's some pretty explicit like photo referencing of actors in this, like. That is definitely Tilda Swinton. Yes, definitely. Um, and there's a couple of other ones that you're like, oh, I see, yeah. I see who you're trying to do. And I like, I thought, I almost thought for a second that the priest character, there's like this was Hellblazer? Cool priest, yeah. yeah. But he looks exactly like Hellblazer. Like he's got blonde hair and he's wearing a um, jacket thing. Yep. You guys know what I mean. That's, 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 that's the two things. That's all you need to get Hellblazer. Yeah, exactly. Siobhan points out anyone wearing a jacket with blonde hair in the street. It's Hellblazer. Hellblazer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, so that- my version of Hellblazer is Keanu Reeves forever. But this is a massive... Just uh, to make Wayne mad. It's a Yeah, God, people are upset. <laughs> people, Wayne just quit King's Comics because of that comment. Um, but uh, the, 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 this parts of this book that I liked and then the parts yeah. that I really didn't like, I fucking really, really... I was just like, ugh. Like at one point he gets tricked into having sex with yeah. an overweight woman. Oh, that no. That bit was dumb. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you thought you were going to have sex with me? No, I'm going to make you have sex with this slightly dis- chubby woman. Yeah, it was That's just... terrible. And it, yeah, it definitely felt like this is a comic written by old men. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. But then I also, like, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed the story. And there were definitely bits, like, the, like, pregnant girlfriend who's like, I thought you were going to grow up yeah. thing is dumb and annoying. And I hated that. Um also, the main character, you don't really feel for him. You kind of want him to... to, to uh, you want to see how much worse his life can get. Yeah, Which totally. maybe that's the point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah. But I am, sort of, I am sort of intrigued and I kind of want to know what the hell is going on with this weird family of... Well, that generally happens when figures. you read 64 pages of a story. Yeah, you true. want to know what happens next. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I think there, there were moments of this, this book that I didn't like, but I think there is enough, yeah, intrigue and... Mm. That final splash page of the uh, the dead pubed angel mm. uh, is uh, is pretty is, compelling. Yeah, pretty captivating. Mm. So I, I'm definitely going to give this 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 series another chance. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, this for four ninety nine, you get sixty four yeah. pages of, of a massive new image image series. Um, also, there's a whole thing where the dude is being chased. The dude and the Hellblazer priest are being chased by two giant hairless cats. Those creepy like sphinx cats. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That was good. There's some good moments in this book. Um, but yeah, and, and they, they're clearly... Uh, it's one of those books that like I didn't know if it needed to be quite as long as it was, but I'm, I'm glad that they were able to show off so much of this world that they're creating mm-hmm. with this first issue. Yep, good fun. Yeah. So my favorite number one this week um, was put out through Lion Forge, who would probably be one of my favorite publishers. Yeah, man, Lion Forge had a great week. Um, so this is... Uh, like Lion Forge, I guess, are better known for uh, republish- reprinting um, European stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this is a re- European reprint. Oh, and Voltron. And Voltron. Apparently. Okay, they also put out Voltron. Thank you, Pantless Jim. Um, but uh, I, I think this might be a brand new series that they're putting out, um, but I could be wrong. It's by um, two of our favorite writers and creators, um, Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas wrote this, and the art is by Daniel Ir- Ir- Irizari. It's called Claudia and Rex. 
And um, this is a incredible book that combines like the like the death of gods mm. with a like a young a young family who have recently they've recently lost their father and so the mother and her two children are, are moving from one state to another mm-hmm. um, and the, you know there's a lot of disconnect between the between them all and um, they basically the, the the dying gods leave their world and intercept this family and uh, a bunch of crazy shit happens and it looks great and mm. the dialogue's really great there's a lot of heart to this story mm-hmm. it's three issues so mm-hmm. this is one of three and they're great. They're, just tell you off the bat, this is how many issues this is going to be. And I love it when publishers do that. Absolutely. Um, and there's so much fun. Like, they don't just do the same gods that we've seen portrayed a billion times in various comics. Like, these are gods that from, like, way more obscure cultures and things like that. that you're like, oh, I have no idea who that is. That's a really fun. Like, that's a really fun addition to this. And I love so much that um, the, the younger daughter who, because, like, the older daughter gets all these God powers and the younger one just gets put into the body of what she was thinking about at that time, which was a prehistoric rhinoceros. So yeah. <laughs> now the younger daughter is like this giant rhino, giant hairy rhino. And the older daughter has all these superpowers and it's, yeah, so fun. Such it's a good fun series. So fun. Like these are, these are like, I really love Farinas and Freitas. I think I, think, I haven't really read anything that by them that, I, that didn't connect with me in a, in a way that most other comics don't. Like they're so imaginative and Absolutely. really great at, um, like yeah, they're, they're, you basically have to get you just have to get past like the first four pages. I had to reread the gods part a few times yeah. to get the full scope of um, what was happening. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that as well because like they 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 just you know they really do hook you with 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 so much heart in their stories and alongside all the crazy things that they they shove in their comics. And the color palette is so fun. It's so pink. Yeah, pinks, purples, oranges. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really good, good, good book. So yeah, this is one of my favorite books of the week. Claudia and Rex. Highly recommend everyone tra- checking it down. And just in general, keep Lion Forge on your radar. Um, yeah, there's some really cool looking stuff that they're doing at the moment. Um, yeah, like uh, the cast offs. Apparently, this is already coming out. I've not read. I don't even seen that before. Yeah, it looks I'm wonderful. Getting that in. And uh, Mer, which is yep. a new graphic model mo- uh, novel um, about mermaids. Something called Water Memory. Looks cool. Lion Forge. Look out for them, guys. This is good stuff. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was uh, one of my, one of the better books for me this week, um, and a good one, a good all ages comic too. Um, we love mm-hmm. recommending all ages comics, and so the next few are all going to be all ages comics that maybe we don't necessarily uh, recommend. Uh, <laughs> first of which is uh, this came out through Paper Cuts, um, an imprint that uh, I, I think they already do. Other they just w- do all ages stuff. All ages stuff, sure. Um, and this is Gumby number one. With a very ambitiously titled first, all new collector's item issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I saw this and was just like, okay, this is going to be another like shitty, weird uh, television series comic um, from something that like, I don't understand why the fuck Gumby needs a comic. Do you even remember Gumby? No. I mean, like I, I know the basic concept is he's like a, a green guy and Gumby. he's got a horse, but I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode of Gumby. So he I can walk into no any idea. book with his pony pal and prickle and goo. Ooh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> if you got a heart, then Gumby's a part of you. Um, oh. So Gumby was a claymation show. I don't like the sound of that at all. <laughs> that I grew up with. I think they, they, they it started in like the 50s. And um, and in fact, the, the, this comic references the very first episode of Gumby. But Gumby is this uh, purple, purple clay dude. Um, he's green. green. It's like the you're only right. thing I, I know, know about I know Gumby. What, I'm literally looking at him and saying he's purple. I don't know what's wrong with me this week. Uh, he's, sorry, he's green. He's a green clay dude, um, and he has a red clay pony, um, and they can walk into books, and the, like that's their way they travel into these different okay. lands and have crazy adventures. 
Um, Can he also like change shape or is yes. he just okay? Right? Yeah, yeah. We were clay. He's clay. All right. cl- yeah, I sort of figured. You know about clay people. Yeah. All clay people can do everything. <laughs> and also, he has like his enemies are like, these like wordless, like mute blockheads. Cool. They just kind of create mischief and weird situations for him to get into. Um, it was a fun little show when I was a kid, and I I, I was like, oh boy, this is not going to translate to comics very well. For the most part, it doesn't. But the reason I was suddenly like very intrigued is that the first creator listed on this is Kyle Baker. Mm. Oh, you also got Ray Fawkes on here as well, um, mm-hmm. who we're a fan of. Uh, his comic, which he just writes, was just just feels like any generic kind of all ages story about mm. Gumby and Pokey trying to get ice cream. Um, and then there's a, another story about Gumby going to the to the moon. But the the story in the middle is is written and drawn by Kyle Baker, um, who uh, you may know for his various. Um, uh, creator own work that he put out through vertigo mm-hmm. or his incredible plastic man run mm-hmm. um he's a really really great creator he has an extremely unique style he even did some artwork on that great beatles comic that the dark horse put out a few years ago mm, did you read that? that oh that was great i'll lend it to you it's really mm. good um but uh he's he's incredible creator and i always like whenever my eyes light up whenever i see his name mm. written somewhere i even just like his he's he's one of my favorite uh it's a very weird thing to learn about me, but he's one of my favorite signatures. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. A really it's great, got a great signature. It looks like Walt Disney. That's why I like yeah, it so much. Absolutely. Uh, so he does this like, um, this kind of Gumby story. It's like a five-pager story, and he's really, really great, unique artwork, beautiful color palette, weird backgrounds, um, and it's a it's a basically this funny story about Pokey starts um, hanging out with a model. And then they decide to make her a dress for for a show that she needs to go to. Ends up being a hat show. And uh, there's a bunch of like adult jokes in it, and mm. uh, but not like gross out ones, just like you know older older leaning ones. Whereas the other stories are way more kind of like dull, kind of classic, all ages kind of broad humor. Um, I thought this this was really really fun. Mm. Um, I, I guess it all depends on your knowledge of of Gumby. Yeah, I couldn't really get through it because my knowledge of Gumby is limited. Well, you, at least you know he's right. He's correct color. Yes, <laughs> because you use your eyes before talking about something. But uh, I don't know. Look, look, if you if you have any love for the for Gumby franchise, not fucking, I don't know why you would really mm. like to that beyond like, oh, that was a fun thing I used to watch. But I don't you know. You really the, want to force your children into liking things that you liked when you were a child many many years ago. Yeah, this could be the comic for you. Well, so funnily enough, my son Archie um, will always uh, if I leave comics lying around, he always goes through them through them now. And he grabbed this, and he grabbed the next comic we're going to talk about, Casper. Um, and he, uh, he, I read the, the stories to him, uh, on, on with him on my lap, which was really Dude. really fun. Did he like and, them? Uh, I mean, he just he likes the idea of comics because I point to each of the speech bubbles and the character, and I do weird voices yeah, for each yeah, of the characters yeah. sometimes. Um, but uh, so yeah, Casper the Friendly Ghost came out through American Mythology. We reviewed their kind of Hanna Barbera, sorry, not Harvey mm-hmm. Harvey comics um, thing that they put out recently. Um, and this is just by the numbers, kind of all ages fair, if you like Casper or you did when you were a kid. And again, you want to make your kids read a really classic feeling, boring kids comic. <laughs> um, this this reprints a bunch of classic stuff and then has a bunch of newer stuff in it too. The, I mean, the, I don't really have any criticisms, but it's not, it's not awful. It's not that much more than boring, mm. but it's fine. You know, it's fine. If you want your kids to read something that was great when you were little, get the little Lulu comics. Are they or, good? Yes. Who's the? What's that other? Um, oh, I'm not gonna be able to think of it now. What's the little girl with the like round head and the spiky hair, Jim? Lisa Simpson. No. <laughs> She's got, like it's really long running strip series. It's really weird. We have so many on the shelf. Oh, I can't think of what she's called. We'll remember. We'll tell you next week, folks. We publish a Fantagraphics. 
I'll so look it up. we'll look it up. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I would love someone listening right now to go back and, and uh, take every weird question we ask Jim, yeah. <laughs> who sits opposite from us at King's Comics, and uh, just take out of context that it must be so strange. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, like, imagine if Jim is our Siri. <laughs> mm, absolutely. <laughs> um, so one last All Ages comic um, came out through IDW this week. Hannah Zuki. You told me I didn't even have to read this. I'm just talking about this. It's, this is fucking bizarre. Mm. So it's written by... Um, uh, it's adapted, sorry, by David Marriott with art by Nico Pina. And uh, it is this big, bright and colourful book. I've never heard of this character before. And I read it and I was just like, what the fuck happened in this? She's like a... She gets assigned to be on this planet and she gets given like an ice cream and she has to plant the ice cream in the ground. But then these weird other colourful things who can't talk keep stealing the ice cream and then she gets upset and tries to steal the ice cream back. And then it just kind of ends with this bizarre kind of like weird and it's very strange and weird. And so I was like, what is this? It must be like, is it a franchise of some kind? Mm. So this is a direct adaptation of a, um, of an animated show. Oh, the okay. first episode of this animated show called Hanazuki, which was animated by an animation studio called Titmouse, who I really like. Um, but it, it, as a television show, it kind of works cause it's so bright and colorful and, I imagine putting it on for like a five-year-old would be would be cool because mm. it's so weird and odd. But as a comic, this was just like like, I don't know, like it was unreadable. Mm. <laughs> nice. Uh, so Hanazuki number one. Also, uh, the comic that I was thinking of is Nancy by Oni. Oh, Nancy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go buy a Nancy comic instead of a Hanazuki. Absolutely. Um, for, so from uh, all ages fair that IDW put out to the one of the grossest and worst comics uh, I've read <laughs> since starting this podcast uh, is the first issue of Diablo House which is a new book by Ted Adams, who wrote and created this, with art by Santi Perez and colours by Jay Photos. So Diablo House is, I guess, the beginnings of like a horror anthology, anthology kind of series. Yeah, so and it's trying to be like, um, I'm trying to think of what an equivalent would be, but that sort of horror genre of like, ooh, welcome to my crypt, here's some creepy stories. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he, he references a lot of like old horror stuff that I was a fan of for sure, but this didn't feel anything like it. Yeah. Uh, this is like, so basically like Diablo House is this place in San Diego um, or somewhere in California. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. San Diego. It's like this big old Barcelona kind of... Uh, Gaudi-esque. Yeah, house. Um, and... Uh, he he this this surfer this shirtless surfer dude mm. is um the the kind of your host mm. um and he kind of like takes people on tours through it and then he starts telling a, a horror story of uh these guys that moved to San Diego and and ripped off their friend who ran a taco truck and um uh they they <laughs> they make a deal with the devil and their lives turn to shit and the, the the wife gets fucked to death. Yeah, that was which a is a direct quote from a comic. Absolutely, which is ho- horrendous. And uh, the 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 other guy drinks himself to death. And it was just like, what the fuck is the point of this? Comic? Yeah, that was absolutely like there was there was very little good about this. Another comic by old men for old men. Absolutely about old men. <laughs> uh, so if you're an old man and you wish more, more comics <laughs> were, were catered to your your gross interests, this is for you. Diablo House number one. Let's hear it for old men, everybody. Three cheers, hip Woo. hip. <laughs> um, Valiant this week put out a number one uh, by Elliot Rahal, Kari Evans, and Andrew Dollhouse called Bloodshot's Day Off. And uh, they, these one shots that they put out kind of 
they kind of sum up history of certain characters before launching into a new series. And I know Lemire is about to continue his big bloodshot epic. So this uh, kind of tells you some backstories of two of the other bloodshot characters who have the same power set as as bloodshot. Yeah, they're like there are many bloodshots. Yes. And this is like the World War Two bloodshot and the Vietnam War bloodshot. Yeah. Did you like this? I did. I, was, I thought it was like a sweet issue. It's yeah. like they have a day off. They're allowed to go like kind of tie up loose ends a little bit. They give them one day in New York City and they go and sort of visit the graves of people who meant something to them. And, you know, the Vietnam um, one gets to go see his dad before his dad passes away. And there's big, big flashbacks for both of them. Um I, I wasn't sure if the like I haven't read all of Lemire's bloodshot stuff. I, I definitely intend to before mm. the new series starts in September. But uh, I, I wonder if if they if we know their histories already, or this is like telling their histories for the first time. I don't know. I wonder. I've, we've definitely seen them before, but I yeah. don't know if we've seen this much detail in terms of their family history. There you go. Um, like. Aftershock this week put out another Cullen Bunn comic, which means that's two number ones by Cullen Bunn that we've read this week so Woo. far. The dude puts out a lot of number ones. It sure does. Uh, this one is called Unholy Grail. Uh, by Mirko Kolak, because he did the art, sorry, Mirko Kolak on art, Maria Santolala and Simon Boland. And uh, this is a kind of uh, like Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur story mm-hmm. with demons in it. And uh, so here's the thing about Colin Bunn. He absolutely knows how to do exactly what you would expect from a concept. Mm-hmm. Problem for me is I'm never that excited about the concept to begin with, but I know if I was, I'd be like, "Oh, justice was done to this concept." Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, okay. So, like, like with the with the Deadpool kills the the uh, Marvel universe, it was everything that comic should be. It's mm-hmm. just that concept is not one for us. Mm. Similarly, I don't care about demons plus King Arthur. Do you? Yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arthurian legend. Um, I thought this was like a really fun take on that. Like, it was doing something a little bit different so in this we see sir percival return decades too late with the grail um and we as it sort of flashes back in the in the comic you realize that merlin had been um killed by a demon and the demon wears his skin and that was cool that was cool um and so for years merlin has been driving camelot into to disrepair because he's an evil demon and that's what demons do. I thought it was pretty good fun and I liked the art. Yeah. And I thought that Colin Bunn did a really good job of making the language sound appropriate without it being too like, hmm, hither, thusly, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I definitely agree. There was another comic that I read this week that did oh, not do so that at all. Ones, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've, I've got a, a whole bunch of number ones to burn through. But yeah, I think, look, uh, Colin Bunn is an expert at genre and, mm-hmm. and, and nailing a very specific concept. Mm-hmm. And if you're on board with that concept to begin with, I feel like you, you'll always be satisfied. But if you're not, not for you. Absolutely. Next comic. That one. Did you read Zodiac, Zodiac Star Force Cries of the Fire Prince? I sure did. By Kevin Panetta, Paulina Ganesho, and Sarah Stern. It's on Art Through Dark Horse. And I think it's the second series mm-hmm. in this series. Have you read the first series? Yes. Right, cool. Because I was extremely lost. I have not. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so Zodiac Star Force are like... Like Sailor Moon. Right. You know, like they're a kind of magical girl. They're fighting evil by daylight? Yes. Winning love by moonlight. Always ready for a good fight. I don't actually know the ones named Zodiac Star Force. (laughs) Um, But it's it's a cute series and I like it. My teen sister really loved it. Um, And I enjoyed it quite a lot. I think they have a good range of sort of female characters in this book. And I thought that this was like continued on in a similar 
good vein. Don't pick this up if you haven't read the first series. Pick up the first series. I wish first. I knew that earlier. Yeah. Um, it's I, mad I, confusing. I like the color palette. Sarah yeah. Sarah Stern does great, great, great work. We don't it's, point out how much we like her colors. She does Ollie Vance's colors too. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's a very cute, pretty book. Yeah. The cartooning is solid. Excellent. Um, so now we're going to do a burn through of number ones that I read some of. Nice. <laughs> uh, Dynamite put out three number ones this week. Uh, Justice Inc. The Avenger. Um, Green Hornet and the Spirit, and Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Uh, so I, th- I I was extremely excited for um, the Green Hornet and the Spirit, not because I have any strong connection to either of these characters, but the front cover is the cover's uh, great. It's a variant. It's by um, um, Javier Polito. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, is it going to look like this inside? No. no. So the only reason no. that I really like the Spirit books is the kind of dynamic layouts and fun cartooning that i that i've come to expect from like you know it was particularly darwin cook's run on the spirit mm-hmm. so that's what I, that's what i was hoping but inside it's quite uh you know it's entirely competent uh cartoon work but it's not it's not nothing not that, nothing that grabs you at all so I, I didn't i didn't really enjoy this too much i didn't really give it the chance it deserves so sorry everybody just to think the avenger is uh i guess the franchise another one that i've never heard of so somebody is going to be upset that i've never heard of this thing yeah, you know I tried is? to. Uh, no, uh, what's the what's, event? Is it just called the Avenger? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the. Um, I think the character is the Avenger, and then is the team Justice Inc. I don't know. Right. Thank, thanks. Thanks, for Jim. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried to read this, but I had no fucking idea what was going on, so I gave up. And it was written by it. Kyle Higgins, who we love. Kyle Higgins is great, With but there's Joe a lot Chantal. of like characters being, you know, just if you know who this team is, I'm sure this was fine. Yeah. So the guy, the, this guy, the Avenger, has like a. He's like black. He's like a white, very white albino kind of dude, and his mm. face can be like smudged like silly putty. Yeah, so cool. I don't know. we didn't really see him use those powers to great effect. So I don't know. Didn't really grab me. I would love it if he was like, oh, I'm going to change my appearance, and then he just like molds his face into like Gumby. Um, Ash versus the Army of Darkness. Yet another like semi funny action book by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Uh, look, I just I, I, it's not really what I want from from this. Mm. Uh, he's like a school teacher now. Oh, okay. um, and I, if you love the character of Ash, I guess you'd enjoy this. But I kind of always enjoyed the the world that the movies were set in, and the fact that Ash was in it rather than right, that character yeah, yeah. doing whatever the fuck he did. <laughs> um, Only Press put out Rick and Morty Pocket Like You Stole It this week, which is uh, a new number one that ties into the Pocket Morty's uh, app, like a, a, a oh, phone okay. game that came out ages ago. Good Lord. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it was this is oh, one of those world. books that. Like Rick and Morty is like you know very particular humor that works when you watch it. I don't know. I, uh, people swear about the, the, that the main comics are actually quite good, but all mm. the, all the jokes, all of Rick's dialogue, just I, it just felt like fan fiction in this, and so did not uh, read the entirety of it. Uh, I did read the entirety of uh, Lady Mechanica, the Clockwork Assassin. Nice. Uh, this is by Joe Benitez. Benit- I hate steampunk, so I didn't. It's a steampunk, a sexy steampunk book, everybody. Uh, created by Joe Benitz with M.M. Chen um, on writing this and uh, pencils by Joe Benitz with Martin Montiel. Um, I will say that his art style is quite similar to, um, uh, what's his name, who did uh, Snyder's Batman? Capullo? Yeah, Greg Capullo. Oh. There's, there's quite a lot of similarities in, 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 his, in his facial work. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, for this dumb steampunk st- story about this sexy uh, killer who is like part robot, um, I was actually found it kind of captivating. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a pretty enjoyable um, issue. Um, that was, you know, yeah. Actually, ne- it looks better than I gave it credit. Yeah, the artwork's pretty great, and yeah, the, uh, the, I mean, like it, it was only needlessly sexy for like two pages of this entire That's entire, very entire issue. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt I'll read another issue of it, but it was it was surprisingly enjoyable. Nice. Those are our number ones for the week. A nice big stack of uh, first issues for you. Uh, and now we move on to a uh, segment in which we uh, roll a dice to decide whether. 
we talk about DC, Image, or Marvel next. This segment is called Roll the Dice for Image, DC, or Marvel. Before we get to it, um, we are going to record another bonus episode this week, provided one of us doesn't have a fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we're putting it to a vote. Um, so you can either head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast, or patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast to decide which uh, you know character, team, creator, mm-hmm. run, series uh, you want us to do an entire special episode of later in the week. So far, there's been a couple of call-outs for Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Grant Morrison and Alan Moore, um, <laughs> Rob Liefeld, uh, Runaways. There's some good ones on there, good suggestions. You know what no one ever talks about enough about Liefeld? is everyone's always like, oh, yeah, he can't draw feet. Oh, yeah, his teeth are really weird. How, like, he draws the weirdest crotches <laughs> of all time. Like, just go through and look all at every right, single... save it for the bonus episode, <laughs> Siobhan. <laughs> it's worthwhile, guys. Uh, if you want to help us decide what to talk about later in the week, head over to those uh, Facebook and Patreon pages and, uh, and cast your vote or maybe make a suggestion. Um, by the time this goes up, I might give it another day before making it a poll. Nice. Um, cool. Um, let's go to this great segment. I'm going to roll this dice. And first, it's a two. So we're going to talk about... I didn't say what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Number one to two is image. Number three to four is Marvel. Number five to six is DC. And it is a one. So image first. And then it is a six. So DC second. Nice. Great. Um, let's talk about image first. Uh, the big the big issue this week, uh, there was the extra, extra-sized finale to Jupiter's Legacy 2 by Mark Miller and Frank Quietly. Now, before we review this book, I just want to point out uh, how different our attitudes towards Mark Miller have changed since mm. we started this podcast. Because mm-hmm. I think we started this podcast as Starlight Finished, mm-hmm. which was his great miniseries with Goran Parlov. Um, and it was also uh, as Huck started too, which was quite a promising book when it started too. Um, and he was, you know, he'd come off, the, he'd done quite a few of these great little five issue runs um, for Image, and um, had just announced that he was going to do one with um, Capullo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then since then, that Capullo book has come out, and uh, what was it called again? Um, Afterlife or something like that. I, I can't even remember. remember. I read the entirety. I can't even remember to tell you what it's called. But yeah. I, I, uh, Re- Rebirth. Oh yeah, Rebirth. What's called Rebirth? Was it? Reborn. Reborn. That's oh, right. No. Thank you. <laughs> Old lady gets young and hot again. That's right. Um, and uh, I, I found that just awful. And like everything I disliked about Mark Millar's writing mm. uh, crammed into six issues. <clears throat> but uh, Jupiter's Legacy um, 2, uh, you know, suffered massive delays. But, you know, we, we read it for the quietly art. And, and hopefully we get a, d- a good story from Miller uh, alongside it. And so what did you think of this uh, delayed finale? I mean, like... I think I think part of my issue with the series is that I don't heaps remember what happened <laughs> um, in the last issue, and I really need to like go back and read the whole Jupiter's whatever series um, from start to finish. Yep. To properly remember, but I still like I love Frank Quietly. Like, it's, yeah. Even though this, um, as pointed out by. King staff member Gareth, this does feel pretty rushed in places. Well, there are some panels, like close-up panels of faces, where it just like it just feels like the initial pencils have been inked. And that but I would that still moment. rather have a rushed Frank Quietly issue than most other things. Well, I, I think he rushes one panel so he can do the most intricate tidal wave or cloud in the next. <laughs> yeah. that, and that's the kind of stuff that I love from him anyway. Um, um, but I didn't. I did enjoy that. There are some excellent action moments in this. I love how like quick it is to jump to the conclusion of an action uh-huh. scene as well, and so you kind of are left to fill in the gaps as to how certain things happened or how certain uh, characters died. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some great the, the opening scene in which uh, two characters that have kind of uh, 
mind control powers jump mm-hmm. from different scene to different scene as they take them to weird scenarios to you know escape from their mind. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It was a really fun way to kind of show off how fun Quietly's artwork can be. Absolutely. And there's some unbelievable superhero bullshit going on. And a really good on. robot. A great robot. I would love for like Frank Quietly to do a mech series. It would take him one billion years. We three is almost a mech series. Yeah. Like a mini but mech I want series. More of that. <laughs> yeah. We four. Yes, please. Uh yeah. I I think this was like I mean it, it it's not so much a conclusion as it is like the end of this arc because immediately we get end of book two, Jupiter's Requiem begins in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um I hate that all Frank Quietly is working on right now is a Mark Miller book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean maybe it- maybe not maybe that's why it's taken so long. Maybe he's working on something else. Yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, he, he takes his time. He sure does. And you can, you can, I mean, you can see what what he's been up to. Yeah. Um, it's still not quite at the level of like Jeff Darrow's intricate pencil work, but it's you no. know there is something very unique and special about Frank Quietly's stuff. The way he uses a page and uses blank space, I think, is always really impressive, and his pacing is so good. Yeah. I love Frank Quietly. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so yeah, look, I, I I would still recommend if you haven't read this series, definitely pick it up in trade just for yeah. Frank Quietly's artwork alone. And it is the story itself about these, you know, uh, these children of, of the superheroes that are, you know, ev- and everything went wrong and it's up to this, this younger generation to try and right the wrongs of their parents' generation. Mm. Um, it is it is a pretty good story. Yeah, it yeah. is good. It's not as heavy-handed as Mark Millar's other stuff that we don't like as much. Agreed. Uh, so that was the end of Jupiter's Legacy, but I was far more excited about the return of one of our favourite image books, and that is Snot Girl by Leslie Hung and Brian Lee O'Malley. Um, Good you, Lord, you I might, love this book so This much. was a very special issue. Um, so I think I, I want to point out that um, when I first read Snot Girl, you know, my, my, my manga reading was limited, especially my kind of slice of life mm-hmm. um, manga. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, Siobhan and, uh, and many of you great listeners, shout out to Connor, uh, have been on my back about reading more manga. Mm-hmm. And I was really, I mean, you know, it's, it's very evident when you flick through Snot Girl that, that it's very influenced by, by manga. But there are, there's so many manga tropes and, and storytelling techniques that, that, he, that he uses in this so yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you haven't read any Snot Girl, it's about a, um, a fashion blogger, Lottie, who um, also suffers from um, allergies. So she's a, when she wakes up, she always has big green boogers running down her face, <laughs> which I can relate to because I have two children. <laughs> and it's winter in, in Sydney at the moment. And children are disgusting. They are, especially when you take them to daycare and it's an entire room of kids with green green yeah, noses. so good. Um, but uh, they're, you know, they're really fleshing out this world. And I think when you when this series started, it really it really challenged you to kind of relate to or, or or appreciate the character of Snot Girl because she is quite... She's pretty unappealing in yeah. a lot of ways. And she continues She continues to be, like, not very nice to most people and very, very self-involved and, um, you know, but because image-obsessed. It, it, because it constantly um, shows what's going on in her mind through that kind of manga trope of, like, having the subtext below all mm-hmm. the speech bubbles of what she's thinking as she's saying things, you do end up feeling for her in yeah. a way and um i love that expanding the world so we meet cute girl's sister who's like chosen where a cute girl chose a life of um, being cute yeah that's right and uh th- her sister is has a family and um and they hate each other well it's not cute girl hates her sister we find out that cute girl's way older than everyone else and <clears throat> it's really really this is such, this is such a fun return to this world absolutely and such a like it's such a good book because there's this real undercurrent of like really unsettling stuff happening like we meet um like we check back in with cool girl and we meet cool girl's brother who's 
a, just a bit weird and a bit unsettling. Yeah. And then, you know, like the last issue was a huge cliffhanger, like a character was pushed off a building and we don't see anything to do with that until the last page. And it's a really heavy, you know, yeah. realisation of like, oh, everyone's just like moved on with their lives while yeah. this character is in a coma and all this stuff. It's like, it's, yeah, I love this book. I think it's... So good. It's really, really special, and another one that just lends so different. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a it's a brilliant one to be collecting in single issues as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. The the backup is this uh, kind of like uh, comic in which Leslie Hung and um, and and Brian Lee O'Malley, O'Malley take a it's like a press conference with with um, Anderson Cooper on the Comics CNN. News Network. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, it was. It's really, really funny. Um, uh, this is just a great book, and it looks like they might. Yeah. Like a really funny response is like, why the six month gap between issues? Nothing interesting was going on. She didn't do anything in those six months. <laughs> Next <laughs> question. Um, and it looks like the comic might be going bi monthly. Um, it is. It is. They, but they, they I'm, confirm it. That's I'm so fine with that. This is should, such a book yeah. that, like, you know, it's worth the wait. Definitely. Um, it's good stuff. Highly recommended. Uh, Sun Bakery put out a new issue this week. The um, Corey Lewis uh, anthology comic. Um, in which he does like uh, four four short stories or so in each mm-hmm. issue. Um, we get the finale of the uh, Dream Skills um, comic about the world without guns and everyone solves their problems with swords, mm-hmm. which is quite fun. Um, we get another issue of Layered Jacket, which is the extremely juvenile, mm-hmm. uh, you know, young dude who has a jacket that can like where he can pull anything he wants out of it and it'll also do anything it tells him to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this dumb teen fantasy book. Um, and then we get two very, very short backups at the end of uh, the kind of Metroid um, planet planet searching kind of alien one. Um, and then uh, yeah, sort the of dead naked Western. Yeah. And it's, yeah it, it, it's actually, this is, this is a lot less fun than the, than the previous issues, but was still enjoyable. It's just, you know, focusing a bit more on the dramatic side of Corey Lewis's writing. Absolutely. And it looks like um, the next issue, we're getting a new... Um, shark knife. Yeah, we're getting a new shark knife story. Have you read Shark Knife before? Um, I flicked through it. I haven't read it that thoroughly. Um, so I need to... <laughs> there's a baby in the store. There's a toddler in the store. Get it right. Toddler, sorry. There's a baby in your tummy. There's, there's a, a baby in, in my store. tummy. There's a toddler in the store. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're getting more Shark Knife in the next issue, which I'm excited about. Um, and I still really like this. Have you read uh, Shark Knife before? Um, I've read bits and pieces, but I haven't sat down and like read the whole thing. That's the, that, 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 is that the comic that put Corey Lewis on the map? Yes. Cool. All right, I'll have to try and check it down. Yeah, it's worthwhile. Do you want to take a break so you can hug a toddler? No. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she seems busy hugging other people. Uh, Rock Candy Mountain, issue number four. Are you still reading this? Uh, yeah. I kind of wish, you know what I kind of wish this was? was like strips. Yeah, totally. It really lends itself to, to being like a, a you know, a, 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 a weekly strip in a, mm. in a newspaper or something like that. This is uh, written and drawn by Carl Starks and colors by Chris Schweizer uh, about hobos. But I did quite enjoy this issue. Probably yeah. more than I've enjoyed previous issues. Yeah, it, just, it always takes me a while to warm up to the, to the storytelling yeah. in this book. But yeah, it is, it is fun. You know, the, the, our main character's made a deal with the devil so that he can never lose a fight. Yeah. And so in this comic, we see him fight his way out of an entire, like basically fight every member of a jail. Yeah, by so, making sure that he's staying in solitary confinement in like a tiny room at the end of a long corridor that no one can, um, like you can't stand two by two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was super fun. Um, what about Extremity number five? I love this book. Yeah, I it's thought a this was really such a solid one, issue. 
and like um, the art's so incredible and written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson with colors by Mike Spicer. And this is such a like this was such a tough issue to read as we see like this character sort of realizing. It sort of feels like she's realizing her dad isn't the man that she thought he was yeah. and sort of still having to live up to his expectations of her um, while her brother sort of has run away to be more of a pacifist because he can't live that life. And like, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, um, this, this, this book is just about raising a family in yeah. a war and what that does to the family and what that does to yourself. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I very, thought this is, this is a really, this is a really, really good issue. But um, I love it. Yeah, and uh, the, the 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 I don't know what the, what the father's name is called. Like you know, he mm. he's got to, he's so cold blooded because of you know what's happened to him yeah. in this war and what he's had to do, and he just gets worse and worse. But you can tell he's not happy about it all. I loved the um like the second page, which is a big interior shot. What what do you call it? Like a crop? Like basically they they cut out. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The cutout. Yeah. Um, you, you see like the, the, the tower that they all live in and then you see a cross-section of what goes on in, in each room of that. It's one of my favorite things to see. I know Brandon Graham does it really well in yeah, all of his comics, but this is brilliant. It looks like he's drawn himself into it as well. There's a oh, character yeah. sitting at a drawing board like with obviously a comic page. It's pretty good fun. <laughs> awesome stuff. So good. Um, yeah, so this, this is a really, one of the other better issues this week. I think if you, if you haven't picked up Extremity yet, um, this is a must-get when it comes to trade. Agreed. Really one of the better image books of the year for sure. Um, so that's out through Skybound, Skybound which is um, uh, Robert Kirkman's um, image imprint, <clears throat> and he also releases his own books through there, which means uh, Skybound also put out the 169th issue of The Walking Dead this week, uh, in wow. which uh, a lot of characters say goodbye. Oh. Um, a lot of characters that uh, we've you know kind of gotten used to seeing all together, mm. um, including family members, uh, are, are moving on to oh, uh, no. to go either kind of go about their own lives or move to different areas of the of the settlements. Um, and uh, we see a you know Rick Rick Grimes is you know at, at the lowest point in his life at the moment, and we see him 
potentially stoop to an angrier and lower place. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it's, this is one of those classic kind of like issues in which not much happens in between all the crazy, you know, cause you read walking dead to see people die and, uh, and no, 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 die, no deaths happen in this book. And, and instead things that, you know, are going to pay off issues and issues from now get set up. So, you know, it's still enjoyable. Nice. And there are so many goddamn characters in this book. It's a, it's a feat. Mm. Um, so, uh, I also read, um, the, what number is this one? Seventh issue of seven to eternity. And I think this may be the last I read. It just, yeah. it's, it's not that it's a bad book. It just doesn't lend itself just to month by month reading. Um, I, might, I might just wait for trade on this one. Yeah, I tried to push through um, because I think that it's so often... Who's the writer again? Rick Remender. Rick Remender. So often with his books, I'll jump off it and then it'll come back around and be amazing and I'll regret it forever. Um, but I just can't... This one's, this one's a tough slog and uh, like... The art on this, like, a Jerome, Jerome Pena didn't do the art on this issue, and I just went, like, uh, I can't Oh, right. He, oh, yeah, right. So James Harron, who uh, I like from doing Rumble. Right. Uh, he, okay, he does yeah, the artwork yeah. on this one. I thought the artwork was actually really good. Um, oh. I, and I was wondering why, because it's a monster that straight out looks like it was out of Rumble <laughs> um, showing up at the end. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, look, I, I, uh, I still definitely enjoy what's on the pages, but I just, like, the high fantasy, the amount of characters in this book, yeah. and they all... You know, they're all various goblins and elves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's so hard to remember which is which and what their convoluted backstory is. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I'm, I definitely might check back in on this once there's a second trade out. Um, we also, I also read uh, the 25th issue of Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses by David Laffham, uh, written and drawn by him. Um, and, uh, look, I made you read an issue last, mm-hmm. last month. Um, that was a really great one-shot. This one is not a great one-shot, mm. but is a brilliant um, check back in with all the characters Um from like it's like a flashback issue in which uh, we check in with all the characters before they all hated each other and wanted to kill each other, and uh, it's you know it's 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 sad and morose because you know even after working out the problems in this issue that, that you know how many years from now like they're all going to be wanting, wanting to murder each other, but uh, you know it's a captivating incredible read all the same. It's always it's always my favorite book of, mm. the, of the month. I just fucking love this series so much. Um, uh, everyone should pick up that Uberalis edition, which is now like really cheap now. I, mm. I don't think maybe it didn't sell. I mean, omnibuses never do. Yeah. Um, definitely try and pick up that entire thing and catch up. So I had, I know at least one, I would love at least one listener to be kept reading uh, Stray Bullets alongside me. I just need someone to talk to about this brilliant <laughs> series. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to say. Um, last image book I read that Siobhan didn't was The Wicked and the Divine, issue number 29, um, which I want to give a special shout out to for being the first place ever to use the uh, term Netflix and kill. Oh, nice. Which I thought was very funny. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of those books that's notoriously difficult to describe to uh, mm-hmm. new readers because we're quite... You know, very, very much in 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 the deep end, the deepest of the deep end uh, for this book that combines kind of like gods and fantasy with pop stars. Mm. Um, and uh, Kieran this, Gillen ranting on again about how music is magic. It's this is great though. <laughs> I really, I, 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 this is one of those books that yeah, I, I contemplated dropping around the tenth issue or so, and then yeah. since then it's just like I was like, why did I think that? That's so good. I should um, go back and I should read it yeah i mean if only for you know jamie mckelvey is it is it is, yeah. is a joy to and the colors by matt wilson are so good too this one's all about uh, all the various gods that are left hunting down this one god who went crazy and killed a bunch of humans nice um yeah i'm enjoying i'm really enjoying this arc it's great so there's our image reviews now we move on to our marvel reviews wasn't it dc dc reviews of course that's what i meant uh and we're gonna kick things off by reviewing batman at number 26 um, by Tom King with uh, by Mikhail Janin. This is the War of Jokes and Riddles Part Two, in which things take a very dark turn mm. of events, and we see the extent of this actually becoming 
a full-on war in which uh, Batman isn't fast enough to catch up with, uh, to, to make it to the, the, the bodies of the people before they die. He just find, All he finds is corpses, and he, he, you're starting to see the repercussions of these two characters, the Joker and the Riddler, going at each other. I don't know how I feel about this weird, sexy version of the Riddler. He <laughs> Is he sexy? Shirt. Well, I feel like he's like, you know, he's got his hair slicked back and he's got like sweet muscles and his shirt's unbuttoned to his belly button. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I like everything else about Mikhail Janin's art. Yeah. I really, and I really like his Joker. I think this is like a, a scary, sinister Joker, but in a way that I like. Yeah, totally. And I hope we see, like, we see there's two double-page spreads in which we see the, the, the bad guys that have sided with Riddler mm-hmm. and the bad guys that have sided with um, with Joker. Mm-hmm. And they're not what you expect. Like, I would have thought for sure Scarecrow would have sided with Joker. Um, in fact, a lot of the monsters side with Riddler instead of Joker. I sort of thought that all of, like, the characters who are more kind of... Um, have occasionally been on the good side, sided with the Riddler, except for, I guess, Zazaz and... Well, then Deadshot sides with the Joker as well. Also, man, that. So, shut up. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, there's, it's, this is just a very fun... I mean, it's grisly. Yeah. You have to... If I know a lot of people don't like a, a body count in a Batman book, um, but this is definitely the, the, the way that Tom King is showing just the, how ruthless these, these, mm-hmm. these versions of uh, the Riddler and Joker are. It's a war. It's a full-on war. It's a war, guys. Um, um, yeah, and it's like it sounds weird to describe something that is that sort of taking itself that seriously is fun, but it is pretty good fun. <laughs> mm, totally. And it looks like, um, yeah, if you thought this issue was way too serious, the next issue is called View from the Streets, Kite Man. Nice. And I love that, you know, the, the, this ver- this Kite Man, this stupid character that Tom King just features all the time mm. in his in his Batman series. Um, I love what, I hope it's been building up to this so we get to see more depth of him. Yeah, I just think this version <coughs> of um, the, the Riddler Joker is so... Joker or Riddler? Joker is oh, right. really compelling. Like, yeah, just the Joker agree. who's like forgotten how to laugh doesn't. He keeps trying to find jokes that are funny. Yeah, like at one point, take someone to sixty nine Dick Sprang Street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, "Huh, that's pretty funny," and he's like, "Yes, I suppose it is." <laughs> and then there's a whole um, page of him trying to figure out his smile and how he should smile, and it's really good. I like it. Yeah, great like cover too. Great the, cover. Yeah, we have the, the Joker's face and the main piece missing in this puzzle is his, is his mouth. Mm. Uh, Superman this week was uh, written and drawn by Fillions. And I saw that. It was written, written and drawn by, written by um, uh, Michael Marecci with art by Scott Godlewski. I don't know either of those creators. Me neither. From the top of my head. But um, I was like, oh, no. And then I ended up really liking this yeah, one this shot. Yeah, this was a really nice issue. I really liked it. Um, this, this is a, basically like a, it's a, it's a one shot about, um, Superman trying to raise his son, John, to be as good, a good a Superman as he is and, mm. um, not listening to the way that John wants to do things because he's too headstrong and he goes in and, you know, he's, he doesn't think about collateral damage and that kind of thing. And that really upsets Superman. And, um, so he, it flashes back to when his father, uh, got him to basically not use his powers for the entire day. And, uh, and and basically look after the farm the way that it should be done with the right equipment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he, he uses his powers when his father's not looking and ruins everything. And uh, this is this great little kind of tale of parenthood. Absolutely. Really, really sweet little, like, um, lesson about the sort of responsibility of being Superman and having powers and how... I like that the kind of end message wasn't like, 
so you do things my way and that's correct it was sort of like i have to realize that you're a different person to who i am and that we need to figure out how you do things not yeah. just regurgitate how i do things that's I will, that was I, really nice i will say though that this, this this version of john kent felt, felt way more like damien wayne than totally john this was a jerky little john <laughs> oh well i can i can stand to read a bit more jerky in my john yeah totally he's <laughs> been hanging out with some bad influences that's right um so speaking of bad influences um i once convinced you to drop deathstroke you can yep. blame it on me okay <laughs> it definitely wasn't my fault yeah, i, just thought, I thought, thought that we were a fun segue um but uh deathstroke uh he's one of the more celebrated uh books since uh dc rebirth began mm-hmm. written by christopher priest um and uh we i only lasted like three issues of it mm. and i want to like you know not give myself too many excuses but i think i dropped it because you know, it was at the time we were getting five new yeah. DC books a week, knowing that they much. were double shipping, and I forgot everything that happened in each issue of Deathstroke because you, it was a much more wordier, mm-hmm. world-building kind of comic than we were getting in the other books. Yeah, I um, made it up until issue nine and just every single... Oh, no, I made it up until, like, a really long time. I think I've only missed, like, one or two issues. Oh, that's crazy. But I just spent the whole time being like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I like this, but I don't understand it. So the first and second trades have come out. The second trade just came out last week, and I picked up the trades, and I'm halfway through the second trade, and it is such a good series. Yeah. So I thought I would uh, pick up this issue 21 of the new arc, uh, which is called The Dark Titans, the first issue of A Bold New Era. It is an incredible cover mm-hmm. featuring Deathstroke and uh, a bunch of teens mm-hmm. um, in these incredible black and white, like super like 90s image throwback kind of costumes. And it's very like, it's harking back to that um, classic Justice League International yes. um, Justice cover. League All I wanted was someone saying like, what? Or something like that, like a speech bubble. Yeah, like totally. That cover. But I guess maybe that would have been too referencey. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're called Defiance. He started a new group with uh, with Kid Flash. Uh, is he called Kid Flash? Wally West, the young yeah, Wally West, I think, I think he's the still new Power there. Girl. Um, his daughter Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name again? I don't. I think she's Ravager. Ravager. Is yeah, she's still right, Ravager. Yeah. And then his his son Jericho. Uh, Jericho. What's his uh, superhero now? Jericho. Just Jericho. All right, cool, sure. Um, his, oh, his, his, his son Joey. is Joey. That's right, yeah. sure. The and then Joey. who's the blonde hair one again? Well, that's Terra. Oh, so we do. So that's yeah, right. Okay, cool, great. Who I haven't been introduced to in this. Like, I don't know if she's already shown up in this um, universe yet, but like Terra is the core of the original Judas contract story arc in Teen Titans. Um, and they really explicitly reference that in the last page of this. Like, there is a. The panel where you find out in the original George Perez Marv Wolfman um, story that Terra is like a double agent for Deathstroke blew my tiny child mind when <laughs> I read it. And she's like smoking and wearing all this makeup and in like a sexy gown. And you're like, ah, oh, Terra, you bitch. <laughs> I can't believe you'd smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like you're a bad guy. No wonder you won't make out with Beast Boy. Um, and that's what she's doing on the, on the final page of this book. Making out with Beast Boy. No. No. <laughs> smoking. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, this this is a great series, and I've lo- I love that first trade. It's like absolutely a book that that is way better to read in trade. Yeah, I need to read it in trade. Um, it's it's such a good series. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 going to try and read this week week to week now. I'm going to try and catch up all the mm-hmm. way. Um, it's a it's a it's a great series, and I, I and you know if if you if you ever think that we've dropped something that maybe we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. And, uh, and it, we'll it, respectfully it, it, tell you to go fuck yourself. That's no, right. <laughs> Siobhan will. Siobhan will tell you to go find yourself. <laughs> um, but I, I'll give it a chance. There are a few books that I, I know I need to go, go back and read all yeah. of Old Man Logan and a few other things that we've missed. But yeah, this was a, 
it's really, really, really great stuff, and you can see why it gets the accolades it gets. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the story arc. Yeah, definitely. Fun. I love this, you know, the idea, this new reformed Deathstroke leading a team. Totally good fun. Really good fun stuff. Felt like yeah, like classic my fa- like our favorite era of DC as well, like mm. mid two thousands era of DC. Yep, absolutely. Is it, is it your favorite? Um, yeah, I think so. It's the it's the one I have the most like nostalgic attachment to. That kind of like late nineties, early two thousands, like Infinite Crisis era. Yeah, DC. Infinite Crisis. I have a lot of feelings about. Yeah, uh, Injustice Two this week by Tom Taylor with art by um, Bruno Redondo. Um, uh, introduced Ted Cord into this world. I've not read the first Injustice series, Ooh. so maybe he was in that. Um, and it was great to see Ted Cord and Skeets and Booster mm. Gold and all that all that shit from from that era of uh, of DC we we're just talking about like you know that that 52 era mm-hmm. not new 52 very different, very different 52 thing, era where we had booster gold and skeets and the death of Ted Cord mm-hmm. um it, it was fun kind of re- revisiting that world um in this kind of alternate universe DC um it's a good good issue it's a really fun series I think you would have all who would actually yeah, I really know. enjoy I really it. should read it um, there's lots of characters that you really love that you don't see in regular DC books show up in this. It's good. It's really good mm. fun. I haven't played the game yet either. Should. Speaking of games, how's your Crash Bandicooting going? Oh man, I'm so bad at it. I think that's uh, everyone's. I, I think that's everyone's realization of playing it. It's like you don't remember how many times you played through each level as a kid, and now you're like, oh, this was really hard. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I had some thoughts on it. Oh no! Actually, is Jim out of the room? Because Jim might kill yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because Jim, Jim, Jim's like finished it, right? I don't or know. Three, probably. I'm sure he has. I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I'd be very surprised if anyone who hadn't like grown up playing these games or mm. have some memory of them would enjoy this game. I don't think yeah. it's that well of a made game. <laughs> yeah, it's more sort of just like irritating. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, I remember how much I was irritated by this as a child, but it was all I had. Are you still playing the first one? Have you moved on to the second yet? Um, I skipped over the first one because it was too annoying. So <laughs> I've been playing Crash Two. I like. I think Crash Two is like I like that. Like the enemies actually look like enemies. Like the, yeah. the you know, they're still turtles, but they have like blades on their back, back yeah. and stuff like that whereas like the first game it's just like they're just animals who like walking back and forth yeah totally <laughs> and you're like fuck you out of my way yeah anyway Bane Conquest number three um, by Chuck Dixon with um, art by somebody Nolan uh, Graham Nolan uh, this is this kind of fun Batman and Bane sticking together Weird throwback it's very strange isn't it it is uh, I'm just enjoying it I just read it because I'm reading it yeah totally I don't, I don't I don't love it I don't hate it I'm just reading it I did have a weird moment of like, and I might be being too like sensitive on this, but like the whole sort of like, ah, oh, there's like an ugly little physically disabled dude, and that's who the bad guy is, and like he's you can tell he's bad because he's ugly. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit, it's a little bit boring and played out. Yeah, totally. I sort of expected better of Chuck Dixon, you know. Why? I don't know. I Isn't, like his stuff. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, the be- highlight of this issue is um when uh. Bane's about to fight someone, and the person he's about to fight because uh, Bane is is uh is, well, is from like South America, mm-hmm. yeah. And he says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna practice my Espanol on you, essay." And he goes, "Uno, dos, tres," and like uh like punch, punches punches Bane as he counts. And then he's then Bane grabs him and goes, "A, a lesson in Latin view, perhaps." The trachea and the ca- like basically just reads out all of these you know Latin names for body parts as he breaks them. Yeah, that's but that good. was great. <laughs> um, my favorite DC book this week was uh, Shade the Changing Girl number ten. No fucking surprises there. Yep. But this is uh, yeah by Ca- Cecil Castellucci with Marley Zarconi, Andy Parks, and Kelly Pitz- Fitzpatrick. Um, and uh, this uh, is basically yeah like uh, Shade is um, in California, and she's uh, kind of 
wherever she goes, madness follows, and she just creates mm-hmm. all these real displays of madness. Meanwhile, back back in back in a back uh, where is her? It's her hometown, the East Coast somewhere. Yeah, her friends are like trying are following this kind of like reports of madness in the news and trying to pinpoint where she's going to be next. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people from her home planet have tracked down that she's on Earth and are coming after her too. There's a lot going on in this issue, and it was really fun. And uh, best of all, there's a board game in it. And you know what, mm. Siobhan? I got a dice. Oh, my God. So when this episode's over, we can play uh, Try to Reach Honey. <laughs> You'll need a six-sided dice, got it, and some tokens. Nice. I'm sure we can rustle up some tokens around here. Absolutely. Yeah, I just um, love this series. Yeah, such a, like, it's just such a fun series, and Molly Zarconi's art just continues to be totally excellent. It reminds me of Dan Klaus, like a, a kind of like more fun, simplified. Actually, in fact, he does well, versions Adrian of this. Tameen kind yeah, of Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But it's better. beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It's really, really great. Mm. Best book. Such yeah. a good book. Such a great book. Those are our DC reviews. Now we can talk about Marvel. Woo! So we kick things off with uh, a book that I was I was very worried to talk about with you because I loved this issue so much. <laughs> uh, this is issue five of All New Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, written by Jerry Duggan with uh, fill-in art by uh, Chris Sumney and colours by Matt Wilson. Uh, Chris Sumney, of course, best known for being the fucking best. Uh, Black Widow, Daredevil. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been wondering what he's been working on since Black Widow finished up, mm. and I know we're going to get an announcement of what him and Wade are working on very soon. Hopefully Can't it's wait. a legacy book. Um, but uh, yeah, he did a fill-in issue um, mm. of Guardians. And, and I can see why you would be worried about me not liking this, because this is full of things that I... Do not especially like that are now sort of canon about Star Lord and so, all that yeah, this kind of junk. Star Lord and his love of Earth music. Yes. Basically, it's an entire entire issue about that, about him um, and his love of tapes and physical media mm-hmm. and having to pack up, you know, trying to fit all of his favorite songs into a box and mm-hmm. refusing to go digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 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 lengths that he goes to 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 replace tapes when they die out. Yeah. He, he loves it every time he listens to tapes. They, you know, the, the quality decreases and decreases and then they end. But then he's got to... Basically, what he does is he, like, travels through space and and he, by doing that, he can go back in time in a way and access airwaves that leave Earth. So tune into radio stations mm-hmm. from, like, the 60s and, and 70s um, to get all of his favourite songs back. That was a really, like, a really clever concept. Um, and, like, you can... I, Chris Sabney could draw about just about anything. And I would love it. There's a brilliant double page spread, and this, in fact, won our panel of the week over at our uh, Serious Issues Facebook group. You can come and join us and put your panel forward. But guess what, motherfuckers? I won this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a brilliant double page spread of uh, all these different tapes that are, are in Star Lord's um, collection, and um, he's like kind of drawn pictures of different Marvel characters on them and. There's, it, it, it was just kind of fun seeing what's mm. in his library. He has like skank, like so, like he has like a scar tape. He has a Tom Waits tape. Um, he has like Space Jams. Um, and I loved how the different tapes were sort of like different periods in his life. Like the Slow Jams has a picture of him and Gamora on it. Yes, that was sweet. He has just License to Ill, and it's just him and uh, uh, him and Nova. Yeah, yeah, Richard Ryder. Yeah, so good. Um, I thought this was just a really, really beautiful issue. If you if you're not even reading this run. Um, and you like Sumni, you like Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, pick this up. It's you know, it's just a one and done. Absolutely, it's great. Has has just a just it just looks fantastic. Yeah, and it is a really really heartwarming story too. Yeah, it's really really it's a lot of fun and it's everything I like about Guardians, everything I like about Marvel comics, filled in one nice. fun little read. Super enjoyable. So glad you didn't hate this. I, didn't, <laughs> I did not want to argue with this one about with you about this one. Um, so, uh, Avengers continued this week, issue number nine, Mark Wade and Mike Del Mondo, um, did a, se- a secret empire tie in, mm-hmm. in which they describe, uh, let you know where Thor's been. 
Um, we know Thor has been warped away somewhere weird by um, Hydra Cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened in the, in the free comic book day issue. And this uh, shows her um, kind of helping out someone on this weird planet somewhere. Yep. I liked it. It was fine. I liked Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike Del Mundo, so I'm going to enjoy pretty much anything that he does. Um, and I thought that the story was sweet and I thought it was like a good vibe for Thor. Uh, yeah, for Thor. Um yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, uh, I like that when she, because she, she's been separated from her hammer, she's just so worried about reverting back to Jane Foster and, mm. and dying mm. um, because she has cancer. Um, but because whatever weird dimension she's in, she can stay as Thor, yeah. which is helpful. Useful. For her life. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then I, I guess, I'm not sure if this if we're going to just continue catching up with Thor, but it looks like the next issue is going to see like all of the members of the Avengers that have been corrupted and joined uh, um. Cap's Hydra team. Also with Doc Ock. Doc Ock and a few other bad guys. Taskmaster and Black Ant, Deadpool. Cool. Yeah. Um, Black Bolt number three. Did you read it? Yeah. Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward with this uh, weird prison breakout, uh, intergalactic prison breakout um, mm. series that started featuring Black Bolt, um, who is powerless for most of this issue, but eventually gets his power back and in doing so loses his ability to speak because when he speaks, he destroys things. Um, I like. I really, really love Crusher Creel, the mm-hmm. Absorbing Man in this book, and um, I feel like this was definitely kind of like the the moving things forward before we get a really remarkable issue next issue. Yeah, I really, I did enjoy this issue a lot. I think Christian Ward is doing some like amazing work. There's like this really cool, weird machine halfway through that's just so Kirby. It hurts and it's amazing, and the colors are so great, like so Fraser Irving. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I love, I love everything about. It. I really love the series. I think it's really, really clever and really well realized. This episode's called "So Kirby It Hurts." <laughs> Finally, we got one without a weird sexual innuendo <laughs> reference. You're welcome, everybody. Um, all new Wolverine issue number twenty two by Tom Taylor and Lenny Kirk uh, picks up after um, Laura has like fallen down after saving everybody in the last issue, mm-hmm. and uh, she's it's taken her two weeks to heal from uh, the injuries that she sustained while trying to heal an entire island of people. Um, and uh, to celebrate, she blasts into space. <laughs> and got it's like a team-up between her and Guardians of the Galaxy, and they take on a bunch of, uh, uh, what are they called again? Brood. Brood um, on, a pla- on an alien planet. I really like that this is like, it just kind of like effortlessly kind of shepherds in different Marvel characters mm. from all over the universe to to co-star in issue, each issue yeah so agreed. we get we get guardians we get nick fury we get carol we get mm-hmm. deadpool it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun i think gabby is such a sweet character as well agreed i don't he- i don't heaps love the art which kind of stops me from like yeah being all the way in on this book but it is it is good fun it's not bad art it just i don't think it really suits the book yeah totally although he does draw a great brood he does draw a good brood um nick fury issue number four james robertson and aco um this is uh, the really fun high-tech espionage book with uh, incredibly fun pop art colors. Or um, the really difficult to read one, depending on... It's not that difficult to read. Opinion, I think yeah. you were just, you were, you're like, you're, you're just like, no, comics must be read left to right. I will not allow my... <laughs> Says me. <laughs> like, you don't even like manga. <laughs> <laughs> that still abides by your right to left rule, though. Um, you're like, I, don't, I refuse to go down and then up. And then <laughs> <laughs> but this was, uh, this was a book uh, 
an issue in which uh, Nick Fury has to go undercover and underwater. Whoa. And has to uh, infiltrate Atlantis and go and basically pose. He has 55 minutes to pose as an, as an Atlantean, so he has blue skin. And awesome. instead of an eye patch, he has a seashell that covers his Well, his that's bun so eye. cool. Um, and uh, it is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks really fruity. It's fun, um, and yeah, it's uh, he basically has to find a spy, a Hydra spy that's been working, um, that's been undercover in Atlantis. Does his eye patch just do it? No, he doesn't. In, in fact, he almost dies in this issue. Oh my god! But he doesn't. That's good. Spoilers. The end. Uh, Jessica Jones issue ten. Did you give up this? No, you just no. I still read it. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Brian Bendis, Michael Gaidos, Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, this is the kind of picking up the old Alias book, but in a current Marvel universe story in which. Um, Jessica Jones can say shit but not fuck yeah <laughs> those are the only differences um, and this basically this is like her and Maria Hill um, Mar- so Maria Hill has taken a hit out on Maria Hill yeah and she has like a million life model decoys I like I don't understand what's going on in this really yeah am I dumb yes and so she Jessica Jones goes to Maria Hill's father yeah to get to the bottom of what's going on but meanwhile another private investigator goes to Jessica Hill's mother yeah it's still fun to read. I just don't yeah. really know what's going on. And also, Maria Hill's dad is like a huge jerk and throws Jessica Jones through a window. Yeah. After trying to hit on her. And um, here's some brilliant Bendis writing for you. Um, after uh, after someone tells Jessica Jones to keep it down, an old lady tells her to keep it down, she says, she yells, what does she yell? She says, the lady says, I'm going to laugh when they finally cart you and your creepy child out of this neighborhood once and for all. And so, brilliant Bendis writing. Uh, Jessica Jones responds with, Lady, get out of my life or I'm going to eat that dog. And I might even kill it first. And when I finally shit its bones out, I'll use your other dog to wipe my ass. Classic. Great, great, great Great dialogue. dialogue. Great I love it. Talk about some other comics that I didn't read, Siobhan. Yay. Um, I read Hawkeye. Issue eight. Oh, I want to read Thompson. this because it had, um, uh, you know, I thought it had fish on this artwork. It must be the next issue. No, but Leonardo Romero um, on art and Jordi Belair does the colors. So it is a very, very pretty to look at book. And this is sort of Kate uh, confronting her dad and dealing with the fact that her dad seems to have given himself superpowers that have de-aged him about 20 years. So she's very stressed out and confused by her young, <laughs> young evil dad. Um and then she goes to a fight club and it's good fun. This I really like this book. I think it's continuing to get better and better. I think that Kelly Thompson has done a great job with like giving Kate a distinct voice that's similar like if you know it still feels like the Kate that we know but it's kind of um leveled up a bit. Sure. And I like the the sort of how much of a main villain Madame Mask is. I think it's really good. Madame Mask is definitely her villain as well. Yeah. I like that. I mean, going, totally. going back from the Fraction and Aja. Run. Yeah. It works really well. And I think it's a really fun series. Um, Wasp. I also, yeah. This, is what, this, is, this is what oh, Fish yeah, did the Oh, yeah, this has on. Fish. So this is, is written it, by... It's Veronica Fish, right? Yes. I always say Victoria Fish. Veronica um, Fish. Jeremy Whitley and Veronica Fish with um, colours by Megan Wilson. Yeah, I've got to pick this one up because I, want, I, I love her artwork so much. How is it in this book? It's really nice. This is a really sweet issue. Um, it's very much like about... Um, it's told through the perspective of Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp. Yep. And how she's sort of developing this relationship with kind of her stepdaughter in a way. And how yeah, she sure. like she was like, I never wanted kids. And now all of a sudden I have these like two young girls kind of... Two? Well, she's... Um, after Ling, who is uh, one of the other girls from the Red Room, who was um, Nadia's best friend, and they've saved her from um, 
She had a bomb in her brain, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they saved her. <laughs> and this whole issue is sort of Nadia dealing with it and being very sort of stressed out by the whole situation and Janet having to kind of bring her back down to earth while also fighting some of the um, some hilarious Marvel villains. Um, she sort of kind of implies that she's going to take them under her wing and like become their guardian a little bit. Right. Um, and I think it was really nicely done. It was a really sweet issue. I liked it a lot. Awesome. Hmm. One more. I, I don't know if I, could, if I can read these weird secret empire times. Yeah, anymore. it's not worth it really. This is, um, I read Brave New World, this which is, is the a kind uh, of anthology-esque yeah. one. And so the first story was about um, Daily Bugle. And it's all about sort of the Bugle still trying to put out an issue while they're in that weird dark dimension thing. Right. It's got Craven the Hunter and J. Jonah Jameson, but it's not that good. You know, like Why anything is... that anything that has t- those two characters, I should love. Yeah, totally. But it was just like it was, it was, it was fine. Guys. Angry, angry men, your and favorite. Then, <laughs> and then the second um, story is all about Starbrand, and I don't, I don't know anything about this version of Starbrand. I don't understand how. You know, I can be reading pretty much everything that Marvel puts out, but I have no idea who some of these characters are. So, New Quasar, I don't know who she is, and I don't know who this version of Star Wars. Well, you've is. read every single thing Quasar's been in. That's right. So, how yeah. do I still not understand what she is? But isn't this Star Brand? This is the one that Hickman introduced, right? I don't he's the young kid. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you've definitely read that. Well, I don't remember it. <laughs> it was too long ago. Um, and then the last story is again the sort of Namor story, which again is yep. just it's just fine. The Starbrand stuff was one of the like one of the very few weak moments of uh, yeah. of Hickman's Avengers stuff, and where there were, there were some issues of, of these of his Avengers stuff, not the new Avengers stuff, that it just felt like I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was the Starbrand stuff, and then, then the, the, I think is it Starbrand and Nightmask or something like that. And they got yeah. their, they got their own spinoff series for like which would have lasted like four issues. I have no idea. Classic Marvel. Um, have you got another little Secret Empire tie-in um, under there? Yes, I also read X-Men Gold, which is the first of the Secret Empire tie-in by Mark Guggenheim with art by Ken Lashley. So X-Men are in their own little country? Is this set in the in the X-Men country? No, this is um, the X-Men who are in like the Central Park School, dealing with now being in the Dark Dimension. Oh, right, okay, um, sure. And Nightcrawler and Rachel, whatever her name is, make out. Okay, Rachel Gray. Yep. That's probably the most notable thing that happens. And then there's like a serial killer in the school killing people. Which X-Men would you make out with if you were stuck in a dark dimension? Hmm. Blue Fairy Beast. <laughs> yeah. Like wh- wh- when he was Cat Beast or when he was like that weird beast that he's now? No, Cat Beast. Cat Beast. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. Hmm. Nice. I reckon that would be a fun, 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 fun dude to make out with. Kelsey Grammer Beast. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Star Wars issue number 33. Jason Aaron, Salvador Larocco. With uh, Edgar Delgado on colors, um, so I said last issue, last yeah. week, I was like, I'm going to give Star Wars one more issue, and uh, if it doesn't win me back over, I'm just going to drop it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me say that it didn't didn't start out very well with uh, the extremely shitty photo referency mm. Salvador La Roca art. I don't understand what 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 they've done to make it so much worse since his Darth Vader stuff, but I really hate his faces. Um, we get this like you know kind of cute kind of one shot featuring um, Leia and Luke stranded on a on a planet mm-hmm. and um, and uniting to help um, the locals defeat the empire mm-hmm. it was fun it was yeah. fine whatever i was like this isn't really enough to make me keep reading then on the final page lando motherfuckers we're getting a lando story next that is pretty fun that's all i need yeah that's all you need <laughs> i love lando and now we're gonna get a lando book and it's lando and sana yeah um, teaming up together I, I can't wait 
it is pretty i'm looking forward to that it is weird how like the rocker's art some panels you're like wow that looks exactly like mark hamill and then some it's like not at all so i don't understand what photos he's referencing yeah it's very weird maybe he's just like he accidentally looks up the wrong mark yeah draws him (laughs) those are our marvel reviews which leaves us with only the other publishers to get through uh and uh, we're gonna kick off with a book that i was so excited to see it's um at the top of my pile this week, and yep. that is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, issue number seven. I feel like we haven't had one in like a year. It's been a long time. Uh, it's written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who also does um, uh, the Afterlife with Archie series. He's mm-hmm. also the chief creative officer at Archie. Mm-hmm. So I think it means he overlooks both the comics and the TV stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's a busy dude. Um, artwork is by Robert Hack. Um, and uh, this is the, it's like basically like the, straight up horror series featuring Mm -hmm. Sabrina, the teenage witch. And this issue, basically it explains who a a character that was um, kind of came, basically like a demon has taken over the dead body of a character from earlier in the series. And we find out the entire life and backstory of this demon. Mm -hmm. And I normally hate those books where it's like, those issues where it's like this, you know, let me tell you all about my life. First yeah. I did this and then I did this and then, and, but that's exactly what this book does, but it is like absolutely riveting yeah. the entire way through that. This was the most captivated I was reading any comic this week. It's such a good comic. And it's one of those books that you're like, oh, it takes so long to come out. And then every single issue you're like, ah, worth it. <laughs> and, <laughs> worth the wait. And like you start going, oh wow, this demon actually has quite close ties to, to Sabrina and her family. Yeah. And then when you realize how close. At did the- you not know that that's who it was from the beginning? No. No, I mean, I haven't. It's it's been so long between right, issues that yeah, I, yeah. I, I did we know that already? Yeah, we knew that it was. Oh man, imagine how much more captivated I was <laughs> forgetting that yeah, who he totally. is, and and then learning that at yeah. the end. So in the last issue, don't um, spoil it. Okay, fine. <laughs> but it's such a it's such a creepy thing that has happened. Anyway, it was it's brilliant. It's so good, guys. Like genuine, genuinely scary horror comics with incredibly beautiful art like the colors are so nice um set in like the sabrina universe but not as you know it like it's it yeah there's so much that's really really to love about it's insanely good and like i just the the, uh like the just the the level of like watching this this character as he was young make his way up through the 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 dark mass Mm -hmm. and like the 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 church of satan that he Mm -hmm. was and like you know he's he's able to make his way up because he can conjure beasts Mm -hmm. and like the the trickery oh it's so fucking great yeah this is this is far and away my favorite issue this week yeah far and away far and away Not, not not far behind it was uh, Terry Moore's Motor Girl number seven. Two good seven issues in a yeah. row. Um, and uh, look, this is just getting more and more sad and tragic. Yes. Um, but uh, this is the, the great series about um, a, um, a veteran who um, works in a scrapyard mm-hmm. and she can see an imaginary gorilla. Mm-hmm. And the imaginary gorilla uh, gets her through a lot of problems that she associates with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a government agency that are trying to take over the scrapyard that she works at. And there are aliens. I always forget that there's aliens yeah. in this book. And then they show up. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's aliens in this book. <laughs> but um, at its heart, it's a, it's a PTSD story. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's really, really tragic. And the final two pages of this book really got me. Really sad. Yeah, um, really sad. I don't know how many, how many issues this, this book is going to last for. I, I imagine around 12 or so. But it's could, a, it's could a beautiful book. Could potentially go on forever. Yeah. Knowing Terry Moore. I love the moments of just absurd humor we get. Because mm. of the alien stuff and like these two kind of like um, bumbling Goofy agents, yeah, I, yeah, it's such a such a good book. Um, 
Terry Moore doing such good stuff. Absolutely. Um, we said how great Lion Forge is. Mm-hmm. We've got two Lion Forge issues this week, except I'm behind on one of them, so I didn't get read the um, Aberato. Oh, okay. Issue three, did you? Great, yeah, I did. Can I talk about that one first? Yeah. So um, the third issue of Ab Irato by Thierry Labros, which is the sort of, um, how do I explain it? Like sort of um, like dystopian, dystopian yeah. future um, rebellion kind of book. And we're following this guy called Real, and it's set in um, sort of terrible future French Canada. Um <laughs> And following kind of like the, uh, some rebels have taken some hostages and Real's trying to get to the girl that he's kind of instantly fallen in love with um, because she has been taken as one of the hostages. And so we see her, what's going on with her. We see um, more about who the rebels are and what they're trying to fight for. The police officer that Real has like taken up with. And then there's also this girl who seems to be part of the rebels who has superpowers and it is cool as hell. And the art is beautiful like really really french um the colors are really lovely you find out a little bit more about this girl with the superpowers who's um got a really tragic really upsetting backstory (laughs) and um yeah i love this book i think it's so so good it's just gonna be six issues um and it's super worth tracking down awesome um i read jay's maynard this week which Mm -hmm. is issue number two by raul and roger um or riley and roger maybe i don't know Uh, this is uh, another great Lion Forge uh, reprint of a mm-hmm. European comic um, about a um, jazz musician slash fighter guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, this is just a, a crazy story of um, as we kind of see all the moving parts in this crime caper, mm-hmm. all the different players and what they've been up to, and um, cat range, like basically like catching up with each other in the same room. At one mm-hmm. point in the book, we see uh, Jazz Maynard has been being chased by all these different criminal organizations and he's stolen some jewels and he's trying to save his sister. And then mm-hmm. there's another character. It's like, it's crazy. It's a, it's a mess. It's so good. It's so good. The action scenes are brilliant. Um, he's also, he also can, he will occasionally see these like golem kind of looking figures mm. that no one else can see. Or I don't know. They, they're either. Oh, they're just very stealthy. Yeah. I don't know who they are, but I'm, I'm into it. This is such a great book. Again, it's the best, it's the best paper. <laughs> it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, uh, Beautifully printed cover, absolutely, and, uh, and cardboard. The colors are wonderful. The cartooning's excellent, and uh, the story is captivating, cool, and um, and very suspenseful in parts too. You can imagine it having like a really sick jazz soundtrack. Definitely, like it almost plays in your head. While you're yeah, oh, this would be an incredible animated feature as well. Yeah, like there's a moment where like um, the cops are racing to try and catch up, like you know, fight, get racing to the scene where mm. Jasmine is being taken hostage and you see like there's you know there's five police crammed into a into into one mm. police car with other cops like running alongside the car yeah. with like you know the, the wail of um, sirens in the background I think that would just look so great animated absolutely it kind of almost reminds me of Cowboy Bebop in the yep, like 100%. that's what you kind of imagine like the soundtrack being like and how kind of how much action there is in the motion and yeah Cowboy Bebop or um uh, what's the dude? The Triplets of Belleville dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Um, Jasmine, uh, great book. Real good stuff. Um, I did not read this one. What, did, what is it? Um, I read The Unsound, issue two um, from Boom. This is another, yet another Cullen Bunn book with art by Jack T. Cole. I love Jack T. Cole. His art is very, very good. This is like scary, really super scary um, in a mental institution stuff, but pretty immediately becomes supernatural in in tone um and i really like it it's yep. very it's horrifying there's a bit where um 
uh, razor blades start raining from the sky. That's not good rain. It's not good rain. That's when you. That's when you need rather cats or dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read the uh, what I thought was going to be the final the final issue of this. I was like, oh, finally, it's done. <laughs> uh, Frank Cho's book Skyborn put out issue four of five. Uh, his book with Mar- Marcio Menes, and this is like a book about like. Uh, you know, immortal people. It's com- considerably less less compelling than the uh, the old guard is, mm. and it's also taken. You know, old guard was announced and has put out its first trades worth of issues mm-hmm. uh, in the time. And I'm pretty sure in, in between issues two and four of this book, Skyborn. Um, yeah, but Frank sure has to draw some really detailed ladybugs. Um, there's only one ladybug in there. Oh, actually, there's she. He draws some some uh, some he mermaids. Does love a good dragon though. To- topless mermaids that nice. get, that get um. They get eaten or Sexy. shoot things with bazookas, and then uh, the character that we thought was dead uh, emerges naked from a nice uh, isolation thing. I don't know. It's goofy, fun, whatever. If yep. you like Frank Cho, you'll like this. I'm reading it just because it's dumb and it's fun. Nice. Those are our reviews of all the comics that came out last week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, all that is left for us to do this episode is uh, talk about what comics we recommend you pick up this week. Um, there are a few pretty notable little things coming out. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about is a hardcover called Lead Poisoning, the pencil art of Jeff Darrow. Cool. Um, I sing the praises of Jeff Darrow every time we read any Shallon Cowboy, but he's mm-hmm. done lots of great variants over the years and other um, other work uh, for Dark Horse and other publishers. Um, and yeah, Dark Horse are putting out a big hardcover collection of all of the, I think it's just the pencils. So normally we see like, you know, the finished inks and colors and mm. being able to see the raw pencil stuff is fucking exciting because the level of detail he puts into his work is insane. Um, we also get issue number 26 of Wonder Woman, which is the brand Yay. new creative team post Rucker. Cool. Um, excited to see, I'm you know, very hopeful, fingers crossed that it's going to be even half as good as Rucker's stuff. Um, we get the first issue of Spider-Man 2. Did you read Spider-Man? This is when um, Miles, when basically it was the first ever meetup oh between God. Miles Morales and Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it made sense then because they were both in different worlds. Now they're in the same world. What's the point of this series existing? I don't know. Who knows? But I'm kind of in a weirdly pro-Bendis mood at the moment, and I'm <laughs> going to give it a shot. I'll read it. Uh, there's a new Gru book. G-R-O-O. Oh, great. Excellent. Gru, I thought you... I thought you- thought you were about to say Groot, and I was like, he already has one series right now. I am Groot. Um, Groot is the, uh, mm-hmm. is the uh, Aragones, um, kind of uh, the guy who just loves fighting so much. Like kind it's of like, Conan spoof. Yeah, bumbling idiot fighter, dude. Real fun. Um, what? Cheesed it. Mm-hmm. What's cheesed it? He loves cheese dip. Oh, he oh, loves cheese, cheese dip. dip. <laughs> Groot loves cheese dip, everybody. God. Put your pants back on, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dark Days, uh, the big DC event, continues with the casting number oh, one. Great, excellent. Which will be fun. I wonder which of our favorite old DC characters are going to show up in this one, this one. I'm just hoping for more Plastic Man. Yeah, more Plastic Man. That'd be great. Martian Man Hunter. Ambush Bug, okay. Martian <laughs> Man Hunter. Put your Ambush Bug back in your pants. Um, <laughs> Animosity um, returns with issue eight and issue two of Animosity The Rise. Oh, I'm not going to read either of those. I liked The Rise, so I'm going to yeah. give it another, another chance. And then um, a book that I love, Kaiju Max, returns for the first issue of season three Woo. by Xander Cannon. It's a great book if you like kaiju monsters. This is a book about them all being in a prison with weird kind of like uh, uh, real world kind of prejudice mirroring mm. in it too. It's really good. It's really, and it's beautifully cartooned. It's awesome stuff. has a lot of feelings in it. Yeah. Um, you can find us online and talk about all the comics that we talked about this week and all the comics we can talk about next week uh, by finding us at uh, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast is where you can chat with us all day about comics and uh, thousands, a thousand of other um, <laughs> comic readers. It'll be thousands soon. 
obviously. By the end of the year, I reckon. Yeah. Um, we can find us on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG and at Levdog. She's Levdog. I'm Siobhan CBG. Yep. It's, it's a weird trade. <laughs> um, and uh, we are also on email, seriousissues at kingscomics.com. Of course, mm-hmm. if you want to support the show, we would love that. You can either send it, throw a couple of bucks our way and get uh, a bunch of uh, new and fun and constantly updated uh, exclusive content. Constantly, I mean, like monthly updated content. We're working on some stuff. We're going to be doing a bonus episode this week, mm-hmm. as we uh, said earlier on the issue. Uh, Patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast is where you can find us on Patreon. Or you can just maybe leave us a nice review on iTunes. That'd be cool too. That'd be nice. No one's left a review for us in like a year. Yeah, geez, Which is guys. cool because that means no bad ones either, but also no good ones. Mm. Leave a good one. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, all the best to Siobhan in this next week. Yeah. For unrelated reasons to comics. <laughs> No, no, it's like, yeah, just good luck reading comics this yeah. time. <laughs> it's always a tough, it's tough to get through. I have a lot of things that I've put aside specific for this event. I've got the um, recent Barbarella translation that Kelly Sue DeConnick did uh-huh. that has been sitting on my shelf and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read that while I'm in labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would be so funny. Uh, if we, if somehow, if, if, just, if, if you do try and read comics, just yeah. get your phone out and record a bonus Serious Issues Labor Edition, <laughs> even if it's 30 seconds yeah. long of you just swearing <laughs> while trying to review a comic. I would love that so great. much. Actually, I need, I need to get you. I have a, um, uh, a birth present for you. Oh, thank you. I bought you the, um, the Punisher issue. Oh, yeah. Which is Punisher um, with his guns at the delivery suite of a, yes. of, a, of a children's hospital. That's amazing. And, a, and then there's also like a kid with a gun. Oh, it's great stuff. So good. I'm Hopefully so mirroring what will happen. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening um, And uh, see you next week Bye Bye Hey, this is Levins Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues If you're not completely sick of my voice by now Why don't you check out one of my other podcasts One is called Hey Fam And it's about comedy and pop culture So like comic book movies and comic book TV shows All that kind of thing The other one is called The Mitchin And it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney you can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.